welcome to Speak Sex. I am Eve Eurydice. I am Greek from the island of Lesbos, where the lesbians come from. Um, and I'll discuss that in another podcast. I have written three books on female sexuality, F32, F32, The Second Coming, published by Virago Press, Satiricon USA, published by Scribner. I was a staff writer for Spin Magazine, wrote only on sex for years. I also wrote the Sex Files column for Gear Magazine for the life of the mag. And I have been on talk shows, TV shows, speaking as a sex expert. I also work as a multimedia artist with uh, my theme, you guessed it, female sexuality. Um, and the objectification of the female body and the dichotomy between our bodies and minds, uh, between our hormones and our souls, and how we might possibly bridge it. Um, I've always worked on the theme of living a non-binary life sexually and otherwise, um, and I'm on the side of the individuals and not of the mob, any mob, and especially any anti-sex mob, um, any sinners judging sinners for sinning differently mob. I'll go back to those topics in another episode, but for now, the reason I'm here is that I recently had a revelation which um, made me decide to launch a podcast and write a book on this topic of speaking sex. This uh, realization came to me as a result of thinking long and in-depth about the ideas and lessons of the Me Too movement which uh, led me to reevaluate my own understanding of my long-held views on sexuality and sex sleep. Um, the first thing that I realized was that in order to function successfully in our society, we women adopt the male eye. I'm referring to the letter I. Uh, we do it without thinking about it. We speak in the male eye as if we are men. Whether we work in education, law, art, um, business, commerce, or any other discipline, that's the only language that's available to us all. And we do the same when we have sex. I realized, for example, that I objectify my own body, myself, during sex. I look at my body, the female body, rather than my, rather than my male partner's body in order to get off. So my sexual mind is male, too. That was a shock for you know, a lifelong feminist and post-feminist and uh, liberal, bisexual. Um, luckily, my next realization made up for the first one. It gave me this wild hope that um, there is an opening in the thick darkness of patriarchy, like a burst of bright light cutting through the dark. Um, and that's what I'm here to discuss over and over. Opening up space for women-generated freedom, justice, openness, acceptance, equality, all of that. So it all begins with consent. We have earned for the first time in thousands of years the right to give sexual consent. I can tell you how extraordinary it is that we now get to speak yes to sex, to any sexual encounter whatsoever. Um, 
And that is where my realization came in. I feel that once we begin to speak yes or no to sex, we can then extend this consent to the entire experience of sex. And then with practice and time, we can extend this conscious consent to the rest of our daily lives. Um, and with this small practice, we can begin to change our consciousness of life. Um, so how we handle verbal sexual consent can change our sex lives, improve our sexual experience, enhance our quality of life and sexual life of our relationships, and heal our psychic and mental consciousness that has been formed as a result of trauma, childhood trauma, accumulated you know, fears, wounds, scars, all of that. Um, this podcast, Speak Sex, is my field research. I hope to develop a detailed program that can guide us to retrain our brain patterns in a conscious way um, so that we can begin reconditioning ourselves through sex. And I will explain why. Um, we stand at this moment in human evolution when we have the right to give verbal consent for sexual exchange, and that's the crack in the wall. And through it, I can see the city on the mountain. It's a tiny opening where there was none before. And I invite you to join me on this path of speaking sex to each other and to follow it as your daily practice. Speaking it out loud to yourself, even when you're not with your partner or a partner. Hearing yourself talk dirty like that. Um, teach your friends, yourself, your partners, how to say the words, because we learn by copying our peers. So this is the daily practice. Let me start with that. If you're a woman, after you give your consent with a yes or an okay or a nod, and you took take your bodies to the physical sex space, most often the bedroom, since I am addressing heteronormative sex here, and you take your clothes off, do not stop talking. I ask you this, as your committed practice, verbalize your desire to your partner. Do not give up the podium. Hold on to the invisible metaphoric microphone and keep talking without asking permission, without wondering how you appear. Say, I'm in the mood for oral sex, anal sex. Um, or if it's a new partner, I particularly get turned on by um, being whipped, by being eaten out. Or one of my favorite things to do in foreplay is XYZ. Or simply I want to sit on your face, for example. Speak your desire. Reclaim your desire by putting it in words. That's all this program wants to teach you and convince you to do. And then I will give you as many inspiring examples of hard limits and soft limits, of highs and stokes, and as many permissions to be sexual as you may need. You have to 
try to say, eat my pussy, lick me clean, suck my ass, I want to sit on your face. It's not easy, is it? Now, if you're a man, I need you to ask the woman to say what she wants to do. You must let her speak her desire, help her find her sexual voice and her sexual choice. Ask, hold your fire, hear her out. Don't just do what you like most or what you think she likes most because she must be like whoever you were with before or what you think other women like most or what other women have told you you do best or what other men have told you works best. Don't act overly confident and possessed by the god of libidinal arrows. We know that you're not possessed by God, but only by lust. It will enhance your lust to speak sex with her. So negotiate the terms of the sexual experience you're about to have. How long do you want to have sex for? How hard do you want to bang or push? Um, how bright or dark do you want the room to be? How loud do you like the music or no music at all? How much uh, new stuff do you want to try out? Um, and find out what each partner's limits are. Um, again, a soft limit is something that is negotiable and eventually can be stretched lovingly and gently into a comfort zone. A hard limit is something that feels completely non-negotiable something that brings up childhood traumas or phobias or issues. Um, for me, for example, that's just getting that little red gag in my mouth. Um, I have a hard limit with that. Um, but the hard limits are there to be stretched with practice into soft limits eventually. So negotiate a sexy sexual contract. Speaking sex is arousal, it's foreplay, it's a turn-on. And if it sounds to you, men, like you're giving up some control or spontaneity, reconsider to get her to name what you want to try too. After she does, you get to do all that stuff. And on the other end of this consciousness change, you get the greatest gift of all. My long-term goal here is to demonetize sex because I feel that men suffer from a lack of emotional connection to either the masculine or the feminine. They are trapped in a binary gender attitude even though there is no real binary in patriarchy because it's all male-driven. There is no other, but that doesn't help men. They still have to compete with each other to gain women's sexual favors based on traits that have nothing to do with sex appeal, but they have to do with provider sex appeal. Our brains get re-socialized every moment of every day. We all hope to teach our brains to react in a more evolved way 
we would like to control our primitive anxieties and fears more than we do. Um, and most uh, theorists and teachers and consciousness raisers and lifters and human evolution practitioners encourage um, different platforms and categories designed to retrain our inner consciousnesses by opening new neural pathways and creating new behavioral habits. What I'm proposing is that sex is the best platform to use to retrain our neuro patterns in order to react more consciously rather than act out unconsciously because it's virgin territory, because it's the place of darkness, it's the place of silence, it's the unspeakable place. Um, we have words and judgments values, signs, signifiers for virtually everything we do in life, but not really for the sex act. Once a man and a woman in a heteronormative coupling are alone and naked, they're supposed to know what to do, or at least the man is supposed to know what to do, and at best they can make sounds and moan but they do not articulate. So that whole area has been left open and free in patriarchy for us to take advantage of. And that's why I think that that's the place we can begin to change our consciousness at sex, by speaking sex. Rather than undertaking daily meditations or yogic exercises or cognitive therapies or visiting alternative medical centers in order to change our consciousness rather than reprogramming and retraining and detraining and trying to live in the now and in the flow rather than paying all kinds of new age teachers to raise our frequency and cleanse our aura and alter our psychic dynamics. I propose speak sex. I propose change in the world, one sexual act, one person, one intimate moment at a time through sex, through articulating your sex. I propose this individual sexual activation. You don't need to follow a specific protocol. You don't need to mind your breath or hold your ejaculation for hours or perform any other specific sexual activity, you simply need to have sex consciously. You simply need to take the consent you have been asked for and that you have given and extend it to the next sexual activity of whatever kind and continue giving or not giving this conscious sexual consent, every sexual step of the way. In the process, you will learn how to speak sex. We're taught to compartmentalize everything, to follow some sort of hierarchy and not see the whole picture. But you can undo all that by separating the sexual scene, which takes place in real time, from the stranglehold of romance, 
and its whole Disneyfied mythology and the concept of monogamy, marriage, conception, baby making, baby raising, all of that. Try to put all of that aside and free sex in real time, in the now, so it just stands alone. What I want you to think about is how you're going to have sex from the moment it begins and it's the two of you naked until you both uh, have had enough pleasure. So I call it getting to higher consciousness through the other side, through the unspeakable side. And it begins once again with a female giving consent to the shared heteronormative sexual activity to be performed once or repeatedly until she asks for something different. And in that private space, we will reform our consciousness in this way. Because sex is the one and only human activity that humans do, which is not legislated, organized, overly supervised. Um, it's pretty free from everything because it's been considered too shameful and too private for all that. It's not what civilized, organized members of a society discuss at the proverbial dinner table. And I am thankful for that right now because it's the one area in our lives that patriarchy or capitalism or socialism or materialism or um, imperialism or women's lib or atheism or religion or the tyranny of the left or whatever you wish to call this prevailing social structure has not articulated and is not in charge of. Consciousness, your um, brain, brain's understanding of the sexual experience is pretty virginal and pure. No parental guides, no social guidance, no schooling, no sex ed, abstinence, no peer modeling. In bed, on the sheets, we're left untrained, unschooled, unaided, unspoken. So now we get to speak sex. We name our pleasure and our desire. We don't imply, we don't assume, we don't euphemize, we don't bribe, we don't justify, we don't ask permission, we don't mime and gesticulate. We make choices, not by default, not in response to an unforeseen situation we find ourselves in. We don't go out of body in order to survive the sexual experience. This is the 21st century. We can attempt this spoken conscious sexual choice every time we have sex. Let's make sex a conscious choice and see how our quality of life and relationships and consciousness and peace of mind and our gender relations improve, evolve, and resonate higher. That simple, that private.
Society as we know it exists to protect men from women. That's because nature favors women. So society favors men because women are the generators of life. Women are the sexual generators of human energy. Women are the biological creators. Women are the sex. So society has regulated our laws, our words, our habits, our rights, our wrongs, our norms, our themes, our customs, our fears, our gods, and our demons to protect itself and its men from the women, from the power of the women, the uncontrollable, uncontrolled power of women to make magic. Now, this is the man's burden as well. And it's time in 21st century America to try and rewrite those ancient codes. Sex is the easiest way to begin doing that because everyone wants and needs and deserves to have consensual, good, healthy, fun, experimentative sex. And because sex itself isn't articulated already, unlike every other aspect of our lives. Sex, like most activities, is a habit. You can get in and out of that habit. What the Me Too movement told us is that if we raise our voice, sometimes other women who are also angry or suffer, uh, feel that the world has been unjust to them, um, have gone through some similar experience, can hear your voice and your expression of your feelings of injustice and speak up with you in solidarity. So as part of that movement, without anger, I say this, speak to your lover. The way for women to win back our genetic advantage is through sex. That's where we naturally excel. That's where we are naturally irreplaceable. It's what drives men out of control, literally. Sex is the power that patriarchy fears most, and it's what patriarchy was created to disempower. Sex is the one area in our lives that patriarchy hasn't codified. We moan and we groan, we laugh and we cry, we take photos and videos, but we do not phrase what we desire. We don't know how. We haven't really tried. We don't say everything we fantasize about and what everything that we're curious about. The vast arena of intersexual negotiation and definition is still ours for the taking. And we women are now called upon to renegotiate our intersexual relations. Every woman has her own unique orgasmic sexuality, like her fingerprint. We vary even more than men in our anatomies, our sexual response mechanisms, our sexual stimuli, and if we're feeling free sexually, in our spontaneity, which means that something that turns us on one day or with one partner doesn't necessarily turn us on on a different day or night with a different partner. Sexuality, female sexuality fosters innovation. You want to get laid, 
So you come up with a brilliant idea that saves lives or saves time, and you earn social respect, and that gets you laid. The creative instinct and the sex instinct overlap. The turn-on motivates, inspires, and drives society at large. It's what I call the Eros effect. It's gender-breaking and age-defying. It's the space and time where we realize we're not who our moms and dads, our dogs and our kids, our siblings and our bosses think we are. We are not who we think we are. We are not selves, real selves, definable selves. We get to be unlimited. We get to be free from the burden of the self, from the burden of the I, from the burden of that male eye we have taken on. We get to change from moment to moment. How liberating. You yourself can catch you. That's what sex gives us most of all. goes out to men and women of every age, race, ethnicity, and especially the young generation Z, hetero and bi-normative mm, boys and girls. Um, I feel that sex has ironically become harder and messier for them, especially since women have found our Me Too voices and begun to express ourselves as equal humans. Um, and these new definitions are messing up the familiar tropes of the dominant establishment culture. So I want to say that being heteronorm doesn't mean you're normal or boring. Normal is just a statistical term that changes all the time, depending on where and wh when and what subgroup we're in and who is gathering the data. No matter what the norm is, women are sex. Men and women fuck women because women are the sex. Feminism should not be used to limit women's sex lives or minimize and control women's sexual reach and capacity. Feminism cannot be used to justify um, touching women less and just looking at them more. Feminism should free us to touch each other more and to long for each other less. We have all been gestated in the female body. We all feel more complete and safe, embraced by it. We have earned a right to our bodies we can now invent the terminology of the sexual contract. We can remake the sex rules and moves. Today's men, I feel, want us to make the rules, so long as the rules are fair and sexy. And that's a unique moment in our written history. We must not fuck it up or confuse ourselves with all the old do's and don'ts that we didn't make up and that don't serve us that serve to repress and distort us. By gaining the right to explicitly grant consent, each 
And every time we have gained our sexual power back, that's the first power we take back before we move on to rewrite the law, the creed, the inheritance, the taxation, and maybe someday get back our children's names. Think about that. We're now in charge of giving consent to all acts sexual. So by default, we're in charge of giving meaning and significance to everything sexual. We can do that by being honest, shame-free, by not entering sex as a secretive and inarticulate vanilla experience, which is what the dominant culture has trained us to do. Um, the heteronormative sex lacks a precise vocabulary, unlike gay sex or BDSM sex or any sort of paraphilia um, marginalized sex. So heteronormative men and women are free to define their parameters, their limits, their experiments, to assign their own terminology to their sex space. They are in charge of the start and of the end and of the content of each sexual experience. The women should be in charge, but it's done consensually. So, for example, we can choose to be whipped or flogged or bound in ropes or penetrated anally, orally, and vaginally in that order. But as long as we have named what we wish, what we want our partner to do, when and where and for how long, we are in control. So that's the difference. Conscious choice. Naming our desire. And then, once it's met, being game in bed. And being game while you're listening to this, being open-minded, allowing yourself to say the words, learning to negotiate sex in real life with real people who you're really attracted to, being given in bed, being open to the possibility that when your partner asks for something you're not in the mood for, which won't hurt you physically, psychically, emotionally, you'll just go for it. For the fun. For the experiment. For the potential of stretching a limit, a soft limit to comfort, a hard limit to soft limit. So how would I define good sex? I feel that good sex requires feelings, emotions, deep, rich, emotions that course through us and overcome our learned boundaries and our definitions of who we are. And also it requires um, that sense of embracing the freedom from taboos, from insults, from exclusion, from prejudice, from antagonism, from control, from the desire to control the other, from the assumption that we might own the other, our partner, um, as if we would own a slave. If during the sex, in the sex space, we can let go of all of these um, made-up terms and judgments, and we can just feel and behave in a free way, we will have amazing sex.
about sex. Sex is a space that exists out, outside the watchful eye of patriarchy or whatever you want to call the dominant social system. Sex is a liminal space for our nudity, our mystery, our imagination, our creativity, for all of our aspects and interests that cannot be regulated and shared in public. Putting all of that into words for ourselves and our lovers is erotic and it's empowering and it's overall revolutionary. were all flawed beings in need of mercy. What I feel that is important for us to do is use our words wisely. Understand what the words are and how they work so we can use them to speak sex. First of all, the truth will set you free. Honesty is the beginning of freedom. So try to speak truth. Also remember that words translate. They are generalizations. They're limited, stupid approximations of complex, nuanced meanings inside us. And we use the words hoping to pass through these few agreed-upon signs and noises. All of the nuanced, complex feelings, desires, fears um, that we experience to the other, to our sex partner, to our business partner, to the guy, the woman in the street, to our first date. Words aren't enough. Words are enormous compromises. They're agreed upon given meanings are extremely limited. They are so insufficient when it comes to explaining us to each other or containing us. So we agree to use them, and that's already a huge leap of faith. But words are all we have. And yes, this system, you know, patriarchy or whatever, left-wing tyranny or whoever made them up and passed them on to us through our parents, our schools, our churches, our dictionaries, through its vast, complex system of controlling us. So we use its words to translate ourselves our truths, our inner mysteries that we don't quite understand ourselves to each other. It's important to remember that we don't need to squeeze ourselves down to size to fit these words. Um, we, it's important for us to understand that we are always translating, negotiating, and sensing one another through these agreed-upon tropes that are the words that our language gives us. Because we're endless pits, we are um, overwhelmed by the training that we have received since we were born, uh, by what language has prepared us to do, which is go against our, our own natures. And one of the things that language does is con us all the time. We are being conned. Um, 
whatever you want to call the system, once again, pick your tyranny, whether it's the internet or church or law or global capitalism or political correctness or patriarchy, it's directing the show we're in. And we should know that, we should be aware of it when we're feeling ourselves being pulled in a direction we don't want to go in, when we're feeling split within ourselves, we have to remember that this is the society that we've been raised in, but we can turn this around if we are conscious, because nature is on our side. Our own bodies are on our side.